Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the GA Statsman podcast, hosted by Matt Hurley. So you're all very welcome along to yet another episode of the GA Statsman podcast, and I hope you all keep you wonderfully well. I'm probably going to have a few episodes continuously over the next few weeks at the moment, Seeing as I just want to get to episode 20 before the Easter holidays finish. Of course I have 3 weeks left in college and I just want to focus on assignments a small bit. But after that hopefully in May, hopefully the GA will be back and hopefully the podcast will be back. And I hope you enjoy the episodes I have in store for you. Starting off with today, I have a former Kildare footballer Johnny Doyle on the podcast. Johnny is an absolute legend of the game. And surprising enough, he's only won one Leinster title in his entire career for Kildare, that coming in 2000, when Mick O'Dwyer, of course, was manager of the Kildare team. Two years beforehand, obviously, Kildare reached the All-Ireland Final under his stewardship. And Johnny only came into the panel in 2000, maybe a bit unlucky, because Kildare didn't really have much success up until really 2008, when they reached the All-Ireland quarterfinal, came close against Cork. And then obviously in 2010 they reached the All-Ireland semi-final, narrowly losing to Down. That must have been heartbreaking I'd imagine for Johnny and the team. And also I'll be talking to him about that year as well. And also the influence of Keir McGee on the team. Obviously an All-Ireland winning captain with Armagh. Went on to manage Kildare between 2008 and 2013. And he had a brilliant reign as Kildare manager. And it's fair to say Kildare haven't reached the same height since maybe. And I'll be talking to Johnny about him as well. And also Johnny played international rules football for Ireland against Australia in 2013. Which coincidentally was the year he retired from inter-county football with Kildare. But he came back to the Kildare inter-county setup not as a senior but on the junior side in 2019 at the age of 41. Which shows his commitment to the game. And also I'll be talking to Johnny about his club Allenwood where he won a Kildare Senior Football Championship title in 2004, and also reached the final, narrowly losing to Moorfields in 2006. He recently took up a management role with Maynooch University, and obviously the Sigurdsson Cup got cancelled this year, and I'll be talking to Johnny about that, and I'll be talking about Kildare's fortunes today, and Dublin's dominance, of course. I, I would think he'd had strong opinions about that, maybe. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the interview, because he's an absolute legend of the game. So I'm here with Kildare football legend Johnny Doyle, just to talk about his career and his career for Allen Woods and Kildare in general. I suppose, Johnny, first of all, how was lockdown made for you? Uh, Matt, yeah, thanks. And thanks for having me on. How's lockdown been? Uh, I think, like everybody else, it's, it's been a, an emotional roller coaster, really. Um, it's been, I suppose, the novelty when it happened first. And I, I remember thinking back last year when they were cancelling the, the Patrick's Day Parade, you were thinking, yeah, maybe they're being a bit over-precautious. Little did we think we wouldn't get a, a Patrick's Day Parade on, on um, in 2021. So um, it's been a tough year for, for everybody involved. Um, my own wife is a nurse uh, in a nursing home, so... Obviously, we would have seen firsthand the devastation of, of COVID. Um, but look, at 
we're hopefully we're coming on the right side of things at times you know like everyone else it's it's very much mixed emotion some days you, you feel that the, we're near the end and there's other times you think Jenny will we ever see the end of this so that's that's where, where we are doing a lot of work from home a lot of webinars and a lot of online coaching um obviously I've I've three three small kids. I am absolutely thrilled that they're back to school. <laughs> Trying to work and homeschool uh, was was challenging to say the least, but um so they're back back at school and, and even another be off for a couple of weeks in Easter, but um it's a break for for them from a bit of a bit of homeschool as well. So yeah, overall look at all the family are good, my man and are are in are, are healthy and well and um you know so from that I'm very thankful. So we're not doing too bad. Yeah, absolutely. Tough time for us all, definitely. And we're getting through it. That's the main thing. I suppose the championship's just gone by. Obviously, Kildare got knocked out in the semi-finals in Leinster. Do you miss playing, in a way, Inter-County? Um, I do miss it. Yeah, I do. Um, I suppose you miss the big days, um, whether that be maybe a, a league game in Newbridge or, or a championship game. You don't miss the defeats, uh, they just absolutely drained me. Um, you know, where you question everything, including yourself. You know, it's, it's a bit of a wake after after a defeat in the championship. But you get you try on the boots to get going again. Um, but I do miss I miss the days when maybe we, we get a win against against the odds for that ten minutes when the final whistle goes and you you're you're on the field with, with a group of lads that you know that have given everything to the cause as well. Um, that's the real part you missed, and you missed the, you missed the dressing room, you missed the, the friendships, you missed the crack because we had unbelievably uh, great times. Um, I'm not sure whether we would have had as, as good of times if we, if we managed to to win in all Ireland, but we'd uh, we'd some brilliant times, um, and there's there's a lot of those lads you'd be still in contact on a, on a regular basis, um, you know. So in that regard, I miss it. Um, I don't miss the the heavy slog in the winter or you know the tough nights the tough nights in the cora or, or in Hawfield when you know the wind and rain is blowing and, and then you're you're in the muck and slop. Uh, I definitely don't miss that but the camaraderie and, and all that side of it and, and meeting people and representing Kildare was a big part of, of what I appreciated the fact that we are in a football mag county and that are just craving any bit of success and any bit of, I suppose, green shoots or, or you know, a couple of days that we had in the sun, they just absolutely absorbed them and loved it. And, and you know, you knew that there was always a feel-good factor around the county when, when the seniors footballers were going well and made things, you know, from every angle. From, you know, I see in the club when Calais were going well, there was more young lads and young girls up in the field playing. It was just a feel-good factor around everything. And, um, yeah, certainly you missed those days. I would definitely think so, yeah. It's a brilliant time playing Intercounty of Football, I'd imagine. And one of those great times, I would imagine, was the 2000 Leinster final win uh, in 2000 with Mick O'Dwyer as manager. That must have felt brilliant to win a Leinster title for Kildare, I would have thought. Yeah, it was. It was, it was brilliant. Um, I suppose the fact that, you know, you would have came from um, being a supporter for a long number of years before that, um, we would have we would have followed Kildare and the length and breadth of the country even pre Mikko days, and obviously Mikko Dwyer coming in 
uh, when he came in 1991, I think. Um, it was his first year. We got to Kildare, back to a league final. We're, we're narrowly beaten by Dublin. Um, and, you know, a couple of Leinster finals, I think, 93, 94. Um, obviously, 97 then with the three games with, with, with um, Mead and then winning at Leinster in, in 98, going on 99. They were brilliant times as a supporter. And realistically, I never felt never it was never you know you would have loved to have been involved but you never felt that it was something that you were ever going to be there was no even at that stage there was no signs that was ever going to be I was playing a bit of club football and doing okay but um you know you never I never saw myself being in that dressing room I was just a fanatical supporter and so I could go from from there within a short couple of years to be sitting in the dressing room um you know with these iconic figures, really. Well, in my head, they were iconic figures. Of, you know, the, the Anthony Rainbow, Glenn Ryan's, Martin Lynch's, Ken Dyle's. These were lads that I would have just, I would have just loved going to watch. You know, you might see them down the town after a game, and you'd be nearly starstruck by them. Um, and to be sitting in the dressing room then with them was just, just nearly like an out of body experience, really. And to win a Leinster in, in, in my first championship year was was just, it was special. And you know, maybe looking back on it. I won't say I didn't appreciate it, I did, but um, probably thought that they, them days were going to be every couple of years and, and uh, you know, never got back to never got back to win Leinster, which, which, is, which is a pity, but fantastic start to my career and, and to, be in, <clears throat> to, you know, to be influenced by the likes of Nick O'Dwyer, you know, that would give me great confidence to the fact that he saw something in me. Um, he, the one thing he didn't know, he knew football, he knew footballers, and, and the fact that he saw something that he liked in me was a great um gave me a great bit of confidence from from you know for a young lad starting out in his career. Yeah, definitely an inspirational manager wherever he's gone, really, because we're and I've seen uh, documentaries with Glenn Ryan and Anthony Rainbow in that documentary as well. That must have been brilliant, really. It shows how much Mick brought the county together to win that Leicester Championship and get to the order of the final before that in '98 as well. Uh, yeah, it was like it was. It was really when you know when you look back and it were surreal times. And um, I remember the county final um, in nineteen ninety with Clay and Clay and Nace. Um, it was a massive crowd. Nace hadn't been in. It was the first time Nace ever won a championship. They were bringing a huge, huge crowd. But Mikko was introduced to the the crowd at halftime, and the whole place just erupted. It was like. You know, he was the Messiah coming, coming to the promised land, and and um, you know, Kildare just went from there went football mad, and the whole county got behind him. You know, there was the supporters club got got really, um, you know, came to prominence then, and you know, there just was a huge emphasis um, on winning, and all. You know, uh, the late Michael Osborne, who, who was um, was one of those people that got was instrumental in getting Mick up. And setting up the supporters club, he was just a visionary of Kildare football, and all as he wanted was was Kildare to be successful and whatever that you know took. And as he often said, he can't do anything on the field, but he could do something off the field, and that was the passion and the vision that he had, along with the other people, um, too many to name, but you know that were instrumental to bringing Miko. And Miko was a great; he was always a players' man manager. He wanted to get the best out of players. He push you hard. Um, but it was good fun and good crack and <clears throat> you know his training sessions were legendary and um, people say they were old school I'm not so sure whether they were they were 
they were character building. Maybe they did would go. Some of them would have went against the, the sports science and the things. Um, but he certainly got the best out of his players. And I think that in, at the end of it all, that's what any coach or any um, manager, you know, that's that's their, their job, get the best out of the group you have. And he certainly did that, um, you know, and was, was very successful with the group of lads that he had. But he pushed them hard and he uh, he looked for for characters as well as footballers, leaders as well as, as uh, you know, skillful players. But he wanted players that were going to go Want to go to war for him, and, and certainly he produced a lot of those players. I think that was that was the real reason Kaleo was successful over that period. Yeah, definitely. As I said earlier, Mikko Tuar, unbelievable manager, and will go down as one of the best managers in GA history, without a doubt. And I suppose afterwards, there was a lot of qualifier runs for Kaleo, failed to reach the qualifiers up until 2008. Was that a bit frustrating for the side that you just couldn't break that barrier in that time frame? Yeah, it was. It was frustrating. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, we, we Miko Miko left. Pride Nolan came in, and you know, very unlucky. <laughs> Miko went down the road. <laughs> we were lucky in two in two fronts. Miko went to leash number one, and uh, the fact that on the day we were a little bit unlucky. You know, lost a couple of players, and you know, had a couple of chances laid on maybe to, to snatch victory. But you know, all credit to leash. They went they went on and. And, and won the game, and um, but probably was extremely unlucky. An unbelievably passionate Kildare man, and still is to, to this day. He's done an awful lot of good work in swimmer and playing. He's principal down there, and the, certainly the GA is, is a better place for the people he he has working down there, and you know bringing young lads through. Um, and then obviously Johnny Crofton came in again, a little bit unlucky. A very passionate player. He was involved with Miko as a selector for a number of years and, and then came in as manager. Um, a really, really passionate Kildare man. Um, you know, just didn't get the, the rub of the green. You know, injuries didn't help. Um, and I, I, I certainly think that the work that Johnny Crofton did, um, you know, I think Kieran McGinney would have would have got a lot of um would have got a lot of, I suppose, uh, the, 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 he would have picked a lot of the fruit off the, off the trees that Johnny sold. You know, Johnny would have brought in lads like Emmett Balls and Brian Flanagan and Daryl Flynn. Um, you know, these guys that went on to be to be main um, the main players for for Kieran McGinney's squad. So you know, he deserves a lot of credit. So you know, people just look at the record at that time and, and say, well, you know, we weren't we weren't really doing doing a huge amount, but he, he certainly nurtured a lot of really good players that went on to play for Kildare for for. Um, for the next 10 years, you know. Yeah, definitely. And it's amazing how managers just, as you say, plant the seeds and managers feed off that, like Kieran McGeady, for example. And in McGeady's first year, he broke that barrier, eventually reached the 2008 quarterfinals. Lost to Wicklow, first of all, which said he was Miko, that Beachy and sent you to the qualifiers that year as well. Um but then he got to the quarterfinals, came close against Cork, who were very close against Kerry in the semi-finals. It turned out as well. Was that really the moment where you you imagined then he belonged with the big boys? Um, I'd say it. Pro- looking back, you know, it's hard to know. Looking back, and but I personally, I felt we were a little bit, we were still a little bit off. I, I don't think I felt, you know, just I suppose. Um, one swallow was a make a summer, as the saying goes. So I, I, I definitely think um, we were a little bit off, even in that court game. Um, we gave away two early goals in the first half. We came back and 
you know, I think we're only beaten by three points um, with a late penalty. But I, I felt we were still a little bit off where Cork were. Um, yes, we certainly we get back and we were, you know, we pushed really hard at the end, but you just felt that anytime Cork needed to step step up a gear to get a score, they were capable of doing that. And, um, so I, I think we, I certainly was a little bit weary of the fact that we'd still have a good bit of work to do to get into that top tier of that, you know, six or seven top teams. Um, but there was there was definitely green shoots there. And um, I suppose the, the big difference maybe where where um, Kieran was able to embrace the qualifiers was, you know, we were, as soon as, as the Leinster Championship was over and you Kieran would have really focused in on if this is the next competition. So, you, you know, you played your league, you played your Leinster Championship and then you went into your All-Ireland Championship, which, which was... As important, if not more important, maybe than, than the Leinster the Leinster campaign. Even though, you know, when you're in Leinster, um, it, it's 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 the most important. But as soon as you're gone out, you're into the next competition. And we, in fairness to him, he embraced that. Management embraced that, and certainly that's filtered down through the players as well. Um, and I think that was a lot of the reason. You know, we we didn't get time to feel sorry for ourselves. We didn't, and um, which we might have done in the past, um. He certainly pushed us in that direction to say, "Well, look at, you know what? Let's let's embrace this and see see where it takes us." And, and certainly, you know, for his time in Kildare, we we certainly did that. Yeah, and Kieran McGee coming in as you mentioned, an All Ireland champion with Armagh, he was the captain of that team in two thousand two. Must have been brilliant, I suppose, just seeing him and see him come in as manager. And I suppose he was an influential manager in a way. I I would think as well. Yeah, I suppose I, I, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known Kieran too well. I would have met him in a couple of GPA um, functions, and I think played him on, on a league game in the league game uh, once, or or for part, partly played marked him, um, but wouldn't have known personally. Wouldn't have known too much about him. Obviously, he had legendary status within the within the association. You know, some of the the stories you would have heard. Um, about him and his preparation and, and you know he was certainly seen as the on field manager for that great Armagh team and um he would have been the driving force behind that. So that was certainly there were all good things, there were all things that excited me personally. Um and and certainly, you know, after you met him after we met him for the first time, you, you certainly weren't disappointed in the attitude that he brought um the no nonsense approach, you know you were very you were very um, aware that there was going to be no excuses. He either wanted to be here and he wanted to train hard and he didn't care what your reputation was um, if you weren't willing to train and, and willing to, to give your honest effort that really there wasn't going to be any place for you. Um, and I think he laid down that very, very early. Um, you know, and, and there was no... There was going to be no one thought to be bigger or better than the team. He he was going to be the team was number one, and and everything we did had to make uh, had to make a contribution to the team, whatever that was. Again, uh, he was a real players uh, players manager. You know, he only finished the year before himself and went straight into management, which was which was um, you know he still probably had the players hat on, um, but he was certainly very influential. Um, we were also probably lucky in the fact that um, Glenn Ryan had been a manager of the under-21s um, in his first year, and they had got to a, a Leinster 
But they've got to another final, likes of Alan Smith and Gary White, Hugh McGrillen, um, you know, these guys, Owner Flaherty, um, he got these brought these guys and nurtured them, nurtured them on and um certainly got the best out of them. And, and you know, you know, he had a young Emmett Bolton, James Cavanaugh was coming to prominence. Um all these guys were, were big players, um, but he nurtured them and, and, and brought them to a level, even I'd say some of them thought they, they weren't capable of playing that. So, you know, a lot of things were, were being done um and had been done in, in previous years, as I as I said before, but certainly Kieran was you know the ingredients were there, and Kieran was supposed to the, the guy that put them all together and, and and kept driving things on. So in that regard, um, you know, I, I would have felt he, he was the right man at the right in the right place at the right time. Yeah, definitely, and obviously, twenty ten it was your best year by far. I would think all Ireland semi-finals against Down started off pretty poor. I'd imagine defeat against Laos, who turned out to be one of the shock teams in the championship. Uh, as Champion went on, but you build qual- confidence through the qualifiers. You didn't beat your rivals, meet in the quarterfinals, and then against Down, it was so lucky. It did like it was the crossbar from reaching the All Ireland final. Like that was a brilliant year overall, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, well, it just wasn't just mixed emotions. Um, you know, the, the first game in, in Navan against Loud, um, you know. I think the difference with that one and, and maybe the, the Wicklow game was we played very poorly against Wicklow in 08. From my memory, we played reasonably well um, against against Loud. We, we kicked some really good scores, and just we were just met Loud on a really on a really uh, a really good Loud team, and um, you know we're very unlucky not to be crowned Leinster Leinster champions that year. Um, they kicked some phenomenal scores that night and it was nearly like a shootout and, and they, they were just better in front of goals. So um but then as you say we went on the road then with some with some good um yeah, we played it up in Derry, which was always a tough, tough ground for us to go. We got a good win up there. Um, I think we had a battle with Leecham down one really wet, uh, really wet on a Saturday or Sunday down in in, in Collins Park and uh, it was a really tough. I felt it was a really tough game. And James Cavanagh got a goal um, in the second half, and that's probably just gave us a little bit of a cushion. And we kicked on the last 10, 15 minutes. So, um, and then we had Monaghan in Crow Park, which was again was a tough enough game, but you know, kicked some some good scores. And then we found ourselves against Mead, um, who were who were Leinster champions, and you no. Know, I suppose the, the the big disappointment that day was was um was Dermot early picking up that, that crucial knee ligament injury, um, but it was you know we could have and maybe in the past we would have had maybe not had the mental strength to finish you know to go on in the game and, and win it in the when, when someone like Dermot goes off injured um so you know we were definitely maturing um so it was great to get a win there and then you know. Lots of regrets about the semi-final. Um, you know, we were we were as you say with the the width of a crossbar, less the width of half a crossbar, and from from getting to an All Ireland final. So you know, while it was great to be competing at that level, certainly you know they're the ones you have to be winning, and and uh, we weren't we just weren't good enough on the day. And yes, we were we were unlucky. There was a couple of refereeing decisions I felt. 
you know, went badly against us, but we still, the game was there for the, for the taking. And on the day, we didn't take it, and, and credit to, to down, they, they did. Um, went on to the All Ireland final, and you know, we're, we're left again, wondering what might have been, but look, that's, that's the joys. You, you can't look back too, too much on it. Yeah, definitely. Going back to the referee decision, so I think I know what you mean, the Benny Coulter decision when he was clearly maybe in the square when he fisted the ball home. But yeah, look, you were very unlucky that year. And I suppose you mentioned it beforehand with the Leinster Championship, like you lost to Lowe's. Lowe probably should have, well, they should have beaten Mead if it wasn't for, let's just say, a mediocre decision at the end of the game. I suppose, was that... Was that regret there that you did win the Leinster title that year as well? Um, ah, yeah, of course. There's, there's, there's a lot of a lot of years we should have, you know, we were capable of winning the Leinster and, and didn't win it. Um, you know, and you know, it's funny you'd often, even at the time, people would say, oh, I wish you'd concentrate on the Leinster Championship." You know, if we could win a Leinster, and I think we're trying our best here. You know, it's not a case of ah. So we go and see what happens. We, were, you know, everything went to win in the Leinster, but you could only, you know, you had to. It was stepping stones. You had to win each match to get to the Leinster final. And, you know, like we in in '08, we, we could, whatever way you want to put it, we didn't play well, but we didn't beat, we didn't beat Wicklow. And to win the Leinster, you had to beat Wicklow. Was the first step, and the same, you know, two years later, um, and we we really pushed hard. We and felt um, we were good enough to to win and compete at that level but just individual games we just we just on the night we couldn't win them and that's what that's what football is all about you have to produce you have to produce the goods on the day like there's no point saying you know I would if we got another crack at loud we would have beaten them we got one crack and we had to beat them and we didn't and you know you can you can make excuses but um we just weren't good enough on the night and um you know that's that's absolutely true you look back and regret that, that we didn't. We came close again in in um, in two thousand and nine again. A really ding dong game against um, against Dublin. Um, shipped an early goal. Barry Cahill got an early goal, and then I think Jason Sherlock got one just before half time. And, and but we kicked we kicked some. I think we kicked eighteen or nineteen points from play that day, but just fell short. Um, you know, a little bit unlucky then in eleven. Um, couple of refereeing decisions maybe didn't go away but again we still had the winning of the game and it didn't win it so you know that's you have to you, you definitely make your own look you have to you have to be able to be bigger than, than any decision I certainly felt it was on numerous occasions big decisions went against us for whatever reason um, you, know, you can believe whatever you want there's people tell you there's a, there's a curse in Galair and all that goes with it but again there was a group of players had the, had the winning of those games in the grasp and didn't take them and said that's that that's the joys and we still go here we are 2021 and 21 years of Leinster which is which is terrible terrible reading for a county like Kildare but there's that and it's up to the present group to, to try change those yeah definitely and 21 years as you mentioned and even when I started watching football I think it was always to about 12 or 13 the Leinster championship was so competitive you had teams other than Dublin, like yourselves, obviously. You had Meads, you had Wexford, you had Leash. So many teams challenging at the top level. And it seemed to drop in the last few years quite dramatically. Where do you think it's gone wrong for those counties? Um, that's a really tough question. Um, 
you know, the, the whole Dublin, the Dublin dominance has been talked to death, and I'm certainly not going to get too deep into it because we could be here all day. There's certainly factors there that probably need to be addressed. Um, I'd be, I, I'd be very, um, very strong in my view that you know you can be a, spend your time looking at looking at the opposition, or you can try be the best you can be yourself and try to up your own standards. Um, and I think in Calair, you know, that's what we're trying to do, um, trying to push on. I, I certainly think there is there's a lot of a lot of positives in Calair, but again, you know, I think no different than before Mick Wire came in. It was a time for, for people to and players to change their attitude. And, you know, I would have went into a Calair restroom with, with a lot of really good, strong leaders where we had there would be huge respect for any team you played, but not too much respect. Um, you know, that we were going this team was going to just do something different. Um, and you know, the, the the characters within that team demanded it out of the players. And you know, if you weren't in that or that way of thinking, you know, the players, certain players like said Glenn Ryan, William McCreary, you know, before my time, David Dalton was, you know, would have just pulled out the side and said, Listen, you're either in this or you're not. And if you're not, there's the gate. Um, and, you know, Mikko would have backed them. Um, so I think there is a little bit of that too to say, you know, are we being the best we can be? Um, is there areas to improve? And not to try to get too busy looking elsewhere and, and, and be the best you can be yourself. And that goes all over the county. Like, you know, it's up to all the clubs to raise the standard in the county. And there's huge positive work going on all over Leinster. Um, and no different in Calair, but certainly there is there's room for improvement. And I think you know from from clubs uh, to schools to you know county squads to administration, everybody plays a part in that to try be the best we can be. And and just for for people to think that now now is the time to do that, not be waiting or not be you know thinking well next show we have a few it's, it's about it's about the now and, and being because from a player point of view you don't know what's ahead you know any bad injury and it's going to be all over for you um, so you, you know it's to, you have a, a window of opportunity and people would have said it to me in the past you know God I don't know how you maybe played for so long and you know you've, you've only one opportunity to do this I was lucky it was there for 15 years some lads might only get four or five others might only get a year and you know I could do all the other things in my life now I can well pre-COVID and post-COVID but you know I can go on I can go on holidays now I can if there's a, a stag weekend I can go and do that I can go for a pint on a Friday night I can't play because there that's gone that door is closed unfortunately I wish I was back at you know, 20 again, but I can't. So that'd be my my advice to the players is, is be the best you can be now. And, and you know, like the experience I have gone through with Calair and playing inter-county and, you know, having some really good days and some bad days, but it's, you know, for life, it was life-changing and I met the best of people and I, I would not be one bit regretful for, for my career. I said, yes, there was loads of games I would have loved to have won. I'd love to have one and all are one more lens, but if you won five, you'd won six. And that's that's the competitive nature of sport people. Um so certainly from a career point of view, I think there is there is room for improvement and, and striving to be the best you can be 
certainly will 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 help that. And that, as I say, that's from a player's point of view, and right throughout the county, because everybody contributes to Kildare seniors doing well. The, the guy coaching under sixes in the nursery, you know, in a tie to the to the guy that's that's helping out with the under fifteens, carrying water in 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 Allenwood. He's contributing to those players being the best can be, and and you know, striving. To, to go on and play a county. So everybody has a part to play. Yeah, definitely. And we will hope there is a Leinster t- uh, County, not just Kildare, just to challenge Dublin in the future. And I suppose the 2012 league title must have been brilliant for yourself. You were captain of the side. You beat Tyrone, who were dominant in many ways in for a few years. And to beat them in a 2012 Division 2 final, that must have been brilliant for you yourself, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, I suppose <laughs> I have a couple of regrets about that too. Um, and it maybe it was the, the, the mindset we were in, whether you'd, you'd, some people might call it cocky, others might say, well, look, it was a great space to be in. I actually believed that I would be back there. Um, you know, I, I felt, well, it was, it was the start of, of the year. It was great to win the league. Uh, I didn't think about making any speech. I really didn't, and you know, I would have, I would have, I suppose, dreamt a little bit about what would it be like to be standing there with the Sam Maguire. And um, but I, I'd nothing prepared. There was no little bit of Irish. Uh, I forgot to thank Paddy Kelly, who was who was the, the head man and in, in, looked after us very well, integral at the time. Um, and it was a case of yeah, we got this done, and it's a stepping stone. But I, I, I really felt the team where they were at that time. Were capable of being going on and, and, and doing them, um, you know, for, for me as captain to be back there at some stage in the summer, but unfortunately that wasn't to be. So I probably uh, didn't, I probably didn't do the, the captaincy role um, much justice that day, but it was, it was great to look back on, you know, to, to win that. And again, you know, it was, it was a, a time that there was a lot of young, young lads, you know, there was that Kildare under twenty one team of two thousand eleven. There was a lot of them coming coming into the team, and you know it was nearly a, a stage to rebuild again. Um, you know, it's like it, it, that's like uh, Tommy Crib or um, Tommy Mulek, Paul Cribben, uh, um, Paul Ford came on and played really well that day. Um, you know, he's some really good players sort of coming in to to, to learn their trade, and you, you know felt. If, you got two or three of those, you know, might just add a bit more to the team, and um, so things were in a, in in a good, uh, things were in a, in a good place at that time, and um, but unfortunately, it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, unfortunately not. And I suppose the year after was well, your final years, playing for Kildare, losing to Tyrone in that night in Newbridge, and Kieran McGee also left that year, and a lot of them. You know, older players such as Dorbert Early would have left the road that time as well. Was that maybe the beginning of the end for Kildare, you know, challenging the top guys like the Dublins or the Corks or the Kerrys? Um, well, look, at probably when you look back on it, um, the evidence is there to probably suggest yes. Um, and you don't want to be disrespectful to anybody else that came in. I mean, Jess Ryan came in after and and Keane O'Neill came in and, you know, would have tried to build their own teams um, and, you know, some would have had some success. And then, you know, probably it's, it's the longevity we would have had maybe flash in the pans. If, you know, I remember down in Torres, 
Jason Ryan had a great, great win over Cork. You know, you had uh, the Newbridge are nowhere under Keane O'Neill, but nothing really as consistent as, as what would have been under under Kieran. And, and as you rightly point out, we would have lost a few big characters around that time, like obviously Dermot Gorn, Ronan Sweeney was a massive, massive cog um, in that wheel. <coughs> excuse me. Um, you know, and that's, I suppose, the, the manner in which Kieran was was um, Kieran's tender finish would have left a bad taste in a lot of the players' mouths too, um, you know. And that's you know players have to play the game, but I think it, the whole thing was my book was badly handled. But be that as it may, you know, managers come and go, and, and the players have to produce, you know, keep producing the goals. But certainly, we would have lost a few characters around that time, and um, you know. Maybe when Jason came in, it was time for those lads to go. And, 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 you know, sometimes when a big character goes, the void is filled by someone else, you know, some um, youth with, with exuberance and stuff. And that could be a good thing as well. So, you know, I suppose that was, that was certainly was a bit of a change in the guard. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, definitely. Kildare did enjoy a few results. As you say, the Cork one, remember that very well, right? And the game against against Mayo and Newbridge, and yeah, I suppose they didn't push a run of results consistently together, and maybe there's something to build an act for the future. And I suppose for yourself, you joined the Kildare Junior Panel in 2019, well past, you know, your retirement. What was the decision behind that? Um, I, don't, I don't know, really. There might be a moment of madness. Um. No, I just got a phone call. I got a phone call to see what I'd be interested in getting involved. And to be honest with you, I thought maybe as, as a selector or something, you know, doing a bit of coaching with the lads. And Ernest, uh, um, Declan McGrath, he said, look, at watch you in a couple of your, your championship games and uh, we feel you have something to, to, to add to it. And I suppose, again, right or wrong, um, some last told me I was mad, which is fair enough. Um, but I would have seen maybe some lads opting out of playing for the county, which for whatever reason, and everyone has a reason, and, and, and you know, that's fine. And you'd never, but I always felt it was an honor to be asked to represent your county. Um, and I would have spoke about it, you know, and I would have talked to individuals, you know, at different events or, you know, involvement in development squads that every opportunity you get to represent your county, you should take it with both hands. So, was I was getting an opportunity, and you know, you were if if you didn't take it, I felt that well, you were the words were sort of hollow. Then, you know, here was I being offered an opportunity to, to, to come on and maybe help out or add something to the county. And um, because an awful lot of young lads on that team that I think are, are capable of going on and, um, you know, helping out, at, you know. Being good senior players and all, one of my own clubmen, Daryl Malone, um, was on that junior team. He's, he's going on now, and he's got to see a lot more of him in the future. So, suppose that was that was probably the real reason I I I, I said I'd, I'd I'd get involved, um, because I always thought it was a huge honour to be asked. And, um, we were unlucky; we were we were beaten in the in the Leinster final by Mead, um, but I enjoyed it, um. It's great to be back in the white jersey. I've got, I've got a game in Newbridge and a game in Crow Park, and uh, you know it was it, it was it was nice. That you no, know, there's plenty of lads to tell me that I was taking the place to be a young lad, and 
you know, you had your day and all that, and that's fair enough too, I suppose, but that was up to the management to decide if it was going to decide whether there should be someone else in my position if they asked me and they thought it's something to offer. I was delighted to try to help out. Yeah, definitely. It inspired so many young players just to build confidence and go up to the senior, I suppose, in that way as well. And I suppose in 2013 as well, you got called up to the international rules squad for Ireland as well. That must have been brilliant just playing for your country against Australia that year as well, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, again, I got it. was the sort of a, a call I wasn't expecting to get. Paul Early was the manager and I would have known Paul, obviously. Um through Dermot and then he managed our he managed our club back in when we got to our, our uh, to got to a county final in 1999 so I would have known Paul well and he said look at I'm watching you there with had a good year for Kildare and would you be interested in just coming up for a few trials and I'd been in a few trials before and just didn't make it um and I was I was reluctant I was, ah, you know do I need this club championships um, in the middle of the club championship and so I said here I went in and I said Siobhan she said she might as well go and you want to see how you get on sure you not to lose so I went up and um, you know a lot of a lot of great players it was great to get to know different players and chatting different players and um, made, the, made the squad and then didn't make the first day um, up in up in Breffney Park and then um, but my seven key, uh, Kieran McKeever were calling. I think I'm not sure who it was. Aidan O'Shea was one anyway. That was caught up with club, so we were calling, and it was great. You know, up to up to the junior match that Ireland game was my last game in Crow Park. So it was it was yeah, it was lovely. You know, the family came up, and um, it was great to get on the field and, and played a few a few um, got a got a bit of game time, and it was it was lovely to be involved. I suppose it was. I knew if I was really honest about my career was was nearly nearly coming to an end. Um, was planning maybe on, on one more year, but um, then we, we twin girls, so that sort of cut into my time a little bit as well. And, and then Kieran Vaughan, I said, you know what, it's it's time for me to move on. But it was it was a great honour to say you represented your country. Um, you know, I I was very honoured, and, and I'd be thankful to Paul and and his management team for, for giving me that opportunity. Yeah, definitely an honour playing for your country, even though it's one game against Australia. And I suppose your club, Alan Woods, you won the Kildare Senior Football Championship title in 2004, was close to Moorfield in 2006 as well. That was a brilliant period for Alan Wood football, I'd imagine, as well. Yeah, it was. It was It was a great, it was a great time to be involved in. You know, we're we're a relatively young club, um, you know, one farm till nineteen fifty six, and would have won um, junior A sixty one, intermediate sixty two, and then we're senior right up till stayed senior right up till I think eighty eighty nine. Uh, would have went back intermediate, and then would have won the intermediate in ninety one, and we're, we're we're senior then all the way up to. Three years for eighteen, I think we, we dropped back into meetings. So you know we would have like you know our our parish is is a you know it's a relatively big parish in Kildare, um, but in that parish you have four clubs, and three of those clubs I think 
you know, I think as the crow flies, they might be in that triangle. It could be a kilometer and a half between, and you'd be you'd be in the in the middle of any of the three pitches. So they're very, it's a very tight. Um, when you're trying to pick the pick four clubs out of out of the one parish. You know, when you look back, we really did well to be to be. You know, we played in three county finals. As a '99, Sarsis beat us, and didn't play well on the day. Great win in all four, and then very again very unlucky in all six. Um, you know, probably one of the the games that I have most regrets over. Um, just beat by a pint by Morfield. They went down and won a Leinster. Um, so I can tell you the caliber of that Morfield team. But um, great times. As I said, my earliest memories, my dad was, was playing with the club, um, was involved at the committee level, would have been treasurer of the club, involved in an awful lot of development. When I would have went down, initially, my earliest memories would have been the main field. We had a, we had the hall um, and the bar, and that was it. Now we have another, the main field is floodlit. We have a second full-size field is um, floodlit. We have an underage um, an underage pitch. Um, we have an all-weather pitch, fully floodlit. We have a lovely walk around our pitch. You know, our facilities are second to none. Um, so it's developed a huge amount over the last number of years. And all to all of that time, you were involved in the club, whether it be, you know, just down helping out. I remember you know, the first when we we were the first club to have floodlights. I remember so many evenings going down. Where to be in measuring out for concrete, where concrete was going. There was an awful lot of planning done. Um, you know, going looking with my dad, like to Pat Crondy, John McNally, Brian Judge, God be good to him. You know, going looking at different lights up the north. They just planned, and this was going to be a massive, massive uh, development in the club. And just, and, and I suppose that when you see, you know, when you grow with a club and you grow up in a club, and you see the work and you see the commitment of other players, you can't but help feel that, you know, there's a responsibility on you to carry the baton on. Because, you know, those those founding members, some of them have long have passed. The, you know, some of the, the, the members that I would have, the driving force that I would have, including my dad, and I was, you know, he, he's heading, he turned 70 the other day. It's up to us now to, to drive the club forward and, and um, you know, I'd be involved in, in football committees and executive level and, and um, just trying to keep the club going and, and um, being involved in it. But it's no different in any club. Um, it's a really, it's a great club and, you know, we would have, we would have strived to be the best we could be and, you know, would have boxed the overweight in for, for a good few years. But to, to win a senior, senior title um, and, you know, some of the, the lads that would have came onto the field were found members to sat in the old wooden hall in Allenwood uh, to talk about putting the team together in Allenwood back in 1956. And they were they were coming on. They never felt that we were going to win a senior title in Allenwood. So um it was massive. It was it was it definitely was one of the highlights of my life. Yeah definitely it'd be a highlight for any player's life really playing for a club like it's great having that sense of community. And I suppose right now the club is set for August. Uh, like It'll be nearly a full year without club due to COVID, obviously. Is there an argument possibly that club should be, come before Intercounty this year? Um, well, uh, again, I, I suppose it depends on what, like, 
I know a lot of a lot of counties would have been up in arms about fixtures. To be fair to Kildare County Board, um, fixtures for adult football would have been decent in regards to you played your league. You know, in recent years, April you got a one round in April. Now there was a little bit of there was a little bit of um, tampering with the championship. I felt there was no need, but albeit they did. Um, but you knew you could go on holidays in May, June, July, or or maybe first two weeks in August, and you weren't going to miss championship once you got April out of the way. And um, you might miss a couple of league games. So they ran the league all through the summer, getting plenty of football. And then your championship came, you know, as soon as Calais were finished in the championship. So it was a decent enough, a decent enough structure. And I would have felt maybe other people in the in the county mightn't have, but I felt it was easy to plan your year around that. Um so I think that will still be the case if if the county goes, if the county goes first, you know, please God will get back playing. And if this if the championship isn't till August. So be it, and we'll still play our leagues. Um, albeit you won't have your county players, or you'll only maybe have your county players for certain league games, and that's has been the norm in Kildare for, for a good few years. So, you know, maybe it'll be different in other counties, but I think I think that's very, very doable and very, very uh, it's okay for me as a, as a club player now. Yeah, definitely, and I suppose everybody has their own opinions on the matter. And I suppose for yourself as well, you're managing Manoush University. The Sigerson Cup got cancelled, obviously, this year, which been, must have been very disappointing for the whole team, I'd imagine, as well. Well, you yeah, see, I, I was involved in Sigerson there for, for four years, and, and um, I, I wasn't going to be involved this year. But um, I know talking to a few of the lads down there were, were really disappointed because, you know, and again, the, the national fixtures are just jammed. Like from, from one end of the year to the next, but certainly, you know, it's a competition that needs to be reviewed and needs to find somewhere or some way of accommodating it because it's an unbelievably uh, competition. It's a brilliant competition, um, and you know, maybe you know, it's it's tough on the players. Like I would have seen, you know, your championship was normally towards the third week of January, um, lads cramming for exams after Christmas. You know, you've lads involved with under 21s or under 20s as it is now. You have Auburn Cups and McKenna Cups and McGrath Cups all happening at that time as well. And some of the players that were playing with, with third level college are trying to maybe break into senior county teams and their pre-season tournament was their opportunity. So they're caught between a rock and a hard place as well. Um, and it was far from ideal for such a, for such a good competition. So... Uh, I, I don't have I don't have all, any the answers, but I certainly think it needs. You know, I, I'd hate to see it dwindle away, and maybe like the the Railway Cup has dwindled away. I, I think there's a huge, it's a huge positive competition. It's a stepping stone. It's probably the it bridges the gap more than any competition between top level club and and inter county. Um, so I think it's it's huge benefit to, to young players coming to try. You know, May county teams. The setups are very professional. They're, they're run like county teams. Um, you know, the resources that are put to them by the colleges are, are second to none. So I certainly think it's it's a fantastic competition and should be given given its space in the calendar, albeit it, it, at this moment it's hard to find that time. So 
and but a great learning a learning experience for me you know uh, you learn so much about about players you learn so much about yourself um and i made loads and loads of mistakes and and then um, you know you, you certainly learn from them and and um, but it was a great experience and, and uh, one I, I look back and find memories with. yeah definitely it must be brilliant and i suppose hopefully the secrecy cup will return soon because the students need us in times like these and I suppose took it as Kildare today, like they got knocked out the championship by Meade, poured off Division 2 campaign, would nearly got relegated, but I suppose Division 2 was so competitive. For every team, to be honest, signified by the fact Cavan went down, first year under Jack O'Connor taking time to get used to it. Uh, I suppose, what, what was your opinions on the Kildare team yourself? Yeah, well, it was a tough year for Jack and, and, his, and his team. I mean, they didn't really, you know, with COVID, it's 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 been tough to come in and, and try to put your stamp on things. It's very very stop start year, um, you know, there was there was some some good performances and, and some poor performances. There's no doubt about it, um, you know. So I I'd be very slow to, to make any critic uh, critical comment about about um about the team because there certainly is a it, it was a tough year for for Jack and and his managing team coming in. Um, certainly there's there's loads of room for improvement. There's no doubt about that. We would have lost a few stalwarts um from between over the winter, you know, like Keith Cribben, um Tommy Mulek uh, has decided to, to hang up his boots. You know, so they, they they would have been long serving members, but again, that'll just it, it gives somebody else an opportunity and, and certainly there's a few, there's a few young good players coming on, but again, you know, it's <laughs> it's no different than than I was listening to some of the comments yeah, about the Irish soccer and you know people saying oh we're getting there we're, and we're building and sometimes the building has to be finished and sometimes you know we're, we're we seem to be getting there but when is when do we get there? So for me, it's it's now is the time you know for for to be the best you can be and I, I'd always go back to it. You know, it's up to each individual to, you know, to to put themselves in a position that they're at their peak fitness, and you know they have the work done, and and they're able to put themselves in a position to, to play in the system that Jack wants them to play in to be the best they can be for Kildare, and and they're the controllables that you have to be able to control as a player, and you can get very caught up and you know in negative stuff, and there's plenty of negative stuff in in Kildare, you know, but the county team and where they're at. And that, that was there when I was playing. It's great when you're winning, but it's uh, you know when when you're on the way down, it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a very quick drop. So, um, I certainly think there's there's, there's room for improvement. Um, and and you know it's, it's not an easy time. I wouldn't like to be managing a, managing any team at the moment. To try. There's a lot of online stuff, but you can't really get a feel for for where where lads are at or, or what way they're. They're reacting. You can, there's no body language. There's no, you know, you get the you get the bit of the, for the runs done, and you get the bit of strength and conditioning done, and, and after that, that's that's it. So it's it's a tough time. But again, somebody's going to win a Leinster this year. Somebody's going to win a league. Somebody's going to win, and they'll have to come through the whole same COVID experience as Kildare. So, you know, why not Kildare? That's the way. That'd be my that'd be my view on it. Uh, simplistic as that sounds, that's that's the way it is for me. Yeah, definitely. Kildare have a great chance of challenging, especially with an All-Ireland winning 
champion as a manager in charge. And I suppose, look at Dublin, you mentioned it briefly beforehand. I suppose it's hard for any Leinster team, not just any Leinster team, I suppose, but any team from the chasing path to like of Mayo, Kerry, Tyrone to try and stop them. What's your opinions on the Dublin team at the moment? Do you think it's money-driven or what do you think yourself? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, you know, certainly the, the infrastructure is there. There's no doubt about that. Um, and, you know, I think it, it's it's up to other counties to try push hard for that. Um, the finances definitely help, but there's an awful lot of, in my opinion, there's an awful lot of other things that come into play as well. And, you know, there's no doubt about it. Um, Jim Gavin, Pat Gilroy, in fairness to him, was probably the catalyst. Jim Gavin and now and now Desi um, Desi Farrell has come in, and you know it didn't the machine didn't slow down at all. Um, but there seemed to be a fantastic um, group of, of people, and you know and the, the whole culture thing is thrown out a lot uh, at the moment. You know about this culture, culture, but culture for me is. His behaviours, you know, I think that's where a lot of teams maybe struggle. We can talk about culture, but it's it's all in your behaviour that really defines you how you fit into that culture. And from the outside looking in, I'm sure there's there's plenty of issues within the Dublin camp. But certainly from the outside, they seem to have a really good group of players, both on and off the field, um, and they do the simple thing very well. They play the system very well. Um, highly skilled footballers. Um, but their their ability to to play the ball into their scoring positions, you know, it's very very seldom they are shooting outside that scoring zone. They work hard, they do the right thing, and that's normally the simple thing. They do the simple thing very very well. Um, so I I think they're a phenomenal team, as good a team as has ever played the game. Certainly in in from what I have seen in my lifetime, but even looking back at, at the great Kerry team and obviously you'd only seen certain matches and certain highlights who were another phenomenal team but certainly there is there is good team and um, you know it's 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 up to the rest to to, um, to get up to that level and but it is it, it there's no doubt it's it's tricky and it's, it's you know the whole finance is definitely there it's not going to go away other counties are catching up and in fairness to the GA they're you know they've put structures in place to try help that but Again, you know, population is a big thing. Like, you know, you're looking at some of the big clubs in Dublin having two full-time coaches where there's, there's big clubs in Kildare just can't afford even to have half a half um, a GPO. That's just the reality of it. So certainly there's there's a lot of there's a lot of work to be done there. But you know, to to, to say it's down to money for me anyway, and I know there's an awful lot of people out there. Um, would tell you different um, and that's that's fine but it's, to me it's not just down to money certainly I think the, the Crow Park thing is a factor um, you know like I, I, I remember coming up to the other and finally I was listening to a podcast Kevin McStay uh, was on it was I don't know which one it was but he, and he came up with and again I'm going to I'm going to um, definitely not get this right but we say since 1920, Leisha played. He gave the stat. Leisha played Dublin in the, in the championship. Say it was 40 times. I don't. That could be wrong, but but they've never played them. 
in a leash venue. Like that's like that's it's a terrible stat, you know. Like, and I know Dublin full houses in Crow Park, and we want GPOs, so we have to, you know, it's a, it's a chicken and egg thing. We, you know, having thirty thousand or twenty thousand in Port Leash as opposed to eighty thousand in Crow Park, you know, we, we want to finance. It's 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 a tough one, but certainly that thing that like a blind man could see that's a massive advantage to any county let alone Dublin that they played you know one team that many times and, and never played them one team was always a home in a home venue or a neutral venue so you know things like that certainly need to be looked at and, and addressed I think but um, that's not taken away from Dublin they're, they're a fantastic team and um, you know it's hard to see who's going to stop them but um, time will tell I suppose yeah definitely I hope that someone will stop Dublin because it's kind of getting boring I suppose just before you go, Johnny, there's a few questions from uh, my Instagram followers here for you. Uh, first question here, what was the highlight of your Kildare career? Um, yeah, that's that's a tough question. I suppose, look, you always think of the things you, you won and we didn't win. <laughs> that won't take too much of my time because we didn't win a whole lot. And but certainly, certainly, you know, looking back and, and say that you, you were... You know, you finish your career with a Leinster medal, and say, "What well, we haven't won hasn't been a Leinster one in, in twenty one years now." Um, that's that's great to be able to look back and, and, and have that medal, um, and be you know be be part of that team that that did win a Leinster. Uh, it's fantastic. I know there's there's a lot better players from there to me that that you know that never won a Leinster and, and came close and, and you know throughout the seventies, sixties, and seventies, brilliant players, you know. Pat Mangan and Tommy Carew and Ollie Crinigan, these boys that just soldiers for years and years and, and, and came close but didn't win a Leinster medal. So, you know, I'm very grateful for that. Um, but there's some, there's definitely some standout moments. I know to be in to be in Newbridge um in a line the evening that Dermot Early was buried. I feel very privileged to be to be on the field that day. I feel very privileged to have have been with that group of players and to be in the same team as Dermot um, on that occasion and be a, 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 a part of of the emotion that he was going through uh, was very special. Now, we were, <laughs> it could have turned very wrong and we were, we were a little bit lucky in the end to get a draw, but that was definitely not part of the script. But thankfully, we went on up to, up to uh, Armagh or up to Antrim the following weekend. We got a win. Um, but certainly, yeah, there was there was moments like that. You were you were glad, you were very glad to be to be part of it. Um, you know, even some of the defeats, we were we were. It was nice to be part of that group of people. You know, even though the the, the defeats were were, you know, were, were really tough. Um, to be in that group and and to share the memories, you know, with, with some I saw you with some brilliant players. Down the years, um, you know, I feel privileged to have done that, and they're, they're friends and will be friends for for um for the rest of my life. You know, um, going up to going up to Derry that day in 2010, where we could you know be beaten out the door on so many occasions. That was a very satisfying, um, satisfying night. It was a tough ding dong battle and, and coming out and and then we played you know with some great journeys on the road. I see a video going around on Twitter recently. We played Cavan. Um, where where 
Mikey Conway gets a goal um, and some of the football we were playing around that time, it was 11 or 12, you know, it was great football and it was great to be in, in, that, in, in those dress rooms. So very lucky, you know, lots of, lots of really bad days, but lots of good days with some, some of life's, life's um, best people and I'm very privileged to be, to be part of that. Yeah, definitely so many great moments of the Kildare shirt, I'd imagine. Next question here, any tips for the inside forward? Um, yeah, well, look at it. I suppose you always go back to your own preparation and your own your own journey. Um, there's, there's, my, my dad would have always given me one bit, but he'd give me a lot of advice, but the, the, one, the one bit that would always stick out to me is to always be there. Um, for a long time, I didn't, I didn't really know what he meant, but, but basically what he, what he was saying was, you know, always turn up. And there's days I came through the door and fired a bag in the corner saying, no, I'm not. Someone doesn't like me. And this was at club level at 15 or 16 years of age. Um, you know, I remember I was, under, I was 17 and, and my dad was involved with the minor team. And the first couple of minor games, I, I wasn't. I wasn't starting, and I, I, I wouldn't talk to him, <laughs> I wasn't talking to him. And I, I remember the, the ma said to him, Jess, I think he would have given John a run today. And he said, like, you'd have to wait his time. It's up to him to be ready then. And it was the third game in, I got a run, and, you know, things worked out. But, you know, so it, it, that would be an advice for any player. Just keep turning up, because eventually the door will open. And um, I'm a firm believer of that. If you If you want something bad enough, You'll get the opportunity. Now, listen. Obviously, you have to take the opportunity, and you know you have to be good enough. You know, technically skilled, you have to be good enough. You have to be fit enough. There's no point saying, you know, I want to play with Claire, and I'm, I'm not fit enough to play. Or I, I don't have the technical ability. You know, you have to be. But that would be one bit of advice, not just for an inside player, but for 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 um, for any player. It's just. Keep going, even when things look like you're not making progress. Keep knocking, keep plugging, and, and, and definitely I think you get an opportunity. And then it's up to you to be ready. The other thing for me as an inside forward was, um, and a free taker, was that I always, and people might say, people have often said it to me, you know, just, I often seen you down there on the pitch now and Alan Wood, we're kicking, and I'm saying to my young lads, you know, fair play to them, all the hard work he's putting in. It, it wasn't hard. I loved, and to this day, I'm, I'm 43 now, and I love going with a bag of balls on my own, just kicking. Um, running at the goals, you know, throwing a ball in the air, turning, shooting left foot, right foot. I love kicking at the goals. Um, and I, could, I always felt that when I was going well, I was kicking well. And for me to be kicking well, I had to be put into time. And then, but it's what the easy thing for me was, it wasn't, a, I never ever saw it as a chore. Um, I remember when I got, when I got married first, I was living in Newbridge and, you know, on the evenings that we didn't, um, that we weren't training, and, um, you know, you might have to do a gym session. I'd get the gym session done early. Um, I'd meet myself and Ronan Sweeney would have kicked in and, and just, he, I'd be behind the goals and he'd kick 20 balls and then vice versa. And three or four days a week, we just kicked. And I remember him at the time, he was, he was, um, he struggled greatly. Really, strong off his right foot but his left foot was poor and he only started at those you know at that time and he went on to take freeze from Orphan with his left foot you know because he just really honed in on it too and the those sessions we'd 
we'd say, right, next 20 balls have to be left forward. You know, just stuff like that. And that's where I I just felt, regardless of, of you know, if I had enough room to swing the leg and I had work done, I was confident that I could kick a score. You know, sometimes that wasn't, you know, they didn't always land, but I, I felt that I had work done and I, I was capable. So that, that would be a big piece of advice for me is just as much kicking as you can do, left and right foot, you know, throw the ball out in front, turn, bang over the bar. I think that stands to you. Yeah, definitely great advice, Aris. Uh, next question here. When you were young, what player did you look up to? Uh, I suppose the, the player I looked up to most from an inter-county point of view was, was Larry Tompkins. Um, you know, and, and Larry was obviously a clear man. And the, probably the real reason I looked up to him most was I saw him on the telly. You know, back in that time, we were... We were um, we're talking when I really got interested in football, it was around nine or ten. It was the first formal football you got was in school in the under 10 team. Um, and obviously Cork and Mead were the two teams of, of prominence there. And that time after Larry Tompkins and, and Shea Fahey would have left Kildare, it was you know, it was it was nearly like the the Saipan episode in, in Kildare where who was right and who was wrong. And um, you know, in our house the two boys were 100% right <laughs> and we would have been delighted to see the fact that uh, it was highlighted that we could produce good footballers in Kildare when we saw the two lads going to Cork and my school team uh, in Allen was, was wore an all red jersey and I would have been kicking the freeze off the ground, at that time all the freeze were taken off the ground so um, sidelines were taken off the ground and everything so when I was at home in the garden, I was Larry Tompkins. When I was in school, I remember we got to, a, in 89, we got to an under-13 final and I'd been playing centre-forward in the semi-final and, and the teacher, who was a Kerry man, uh, Seamus Hannafin, a good friend of mine, um, to this day, but a great influence on us playing football, moved me into full forward for the final and I was raging because I didn't have number 11 on my back. So, you know, you, you sometimes forget what, what a child is thinking. So, a lot of the reason I would have kicked freeze off the ground was at that young age, I would have, you know, when I was up in the field or when I was out in the back yard or in the front lawn, I would have been shaping up the freeze like Gary Tompkins did. So he would have been a big influence. Yeah, definitely amazing players for Cork. Heard some great things about them. And that was an amazing Cork team overall around the 90s. Uh, next question here. Who's your toughest opponent? Oh, um, yeah, plenty. Plenty of really tough opponents. I suppose I, again when I came into the Kildare team, Mikko was great um, at playing the, the, the possibles versus the probables. And so I would have been, you know, a lot of those early games, in in-house games, I would have been sent forward on the on the, the B's and you would be marking Glenn Ryan. Um, and you would know you played on, you know, you would have known he would have just went through you for a shot, then trained the way he played. And, and that ball was there. It didn't matter who you were, you know. And <laughs> he often ran into me and I rattled every ball in the body, but you wouldn't let it be seen. You'd go the ground and you'd be maybe dying inside, but you'd jog off just to not let him see that he, that he made bits of you because you were, you know, you were, you were trying to say, and I would have been very light. Um, I was always light through my career, but at that time, particularly, I was very, very light. But you didn't want this to be seen as a reason that. You know how he's not up to the battle. So 
Um, you know, you played on Glen, it was it was a great, it was a great learning curve. Um, but some of those earlier games I would have played on, on Simbar Cullen. Um was tough, really tough, clean player, but really tough. Simbar Cullen from Offaly. Um, would have played on Sean Marty Lockhart, who was a really tough player. And Tomas O'Shea was was again tough. Seamus Minehan was was a really tough guy. Um, you know, so Anthony Lynch of Cork was always hard to get hard to get away from. Um, you think it haven't turned the next thing he'd be in, knock it away from, get a hand in. So some of those players, but when you're at that level, you 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 meet the cream of the, the crop, and you, you just have to try to find a way to get around them. You know, um, so I, I couldn't narrow it down to one. Um, I played, I played on some really tough players. Yeah, all very tough players, right? Well, past and present. Uh, next question here: least favorite team quarterbacks do to get an advantage on you? So, sorry, say that to me again. Oh, sorry. Uh, least favorite team a quarterback does to gain an advantage on you? Uh, oh, listen, some. <laughs> I would have, yeah, I would have, some of the stuff you'd have to listen to, some of the trash talk, um, you just couldn't repeat. <laughs> now, listen, sometimes I give it back. Um, you would have had, yeah, it was, I've, I've, I've come out with, you know, all, all you know, people would say, well, he, he did well to get a grab at my waist because there's not a lot of meat on it, but lads would have, you know, pinched you, walked on you, ran the studs down the back of your leg, fell on top of you, you know. But you get all that. That comes to the rough, the rough and humble of it. Um, I, I would say that I would never hold any grudges, and, and I got, and I got plenty of hardship. But I always had the right or wrong. I always had it that you shake hand afterwards and you leave it on the field, and uh, that's the way I always did it. Um, you know, I played on some really tough players, and and even in club level, I would have played on some some tough tough players. Um, you know, even in latter years, um, some of the some of the lads that would have played them would be tough. You know, really, and fast and very. The one you know, very conditioned now. It's very strong. Club players are, you know, you can see they're doing an awful lot of work in the, in the gym as well. Um, you know, and and you're just they're just really tough, hard players. So, um, but yeah, I would have, I would have got pinched and walked on and stuff like that. But again, that's part and parcel. Terrible things, hurry, but you have to do what you have to do to gain advantage, I suppose. Um, yeah, man, that's that's exactly. It. Now, listen, I, I don't know whether I wouldn't be a firm believer that I would have felt I got an advantage about it, but it was their way of maybe testing testing your metal. Um, you know, and, and I remember Colin O'Rourke reading Colin O'Rourke's book years ago, um, and he said he learned very quickly that he had to look after himself as well. That there comes a point in time in a game that well. If you're not going to let me play, the two of us might as well be standing on the line then. And, you know, you have to look after yourself. No, I wouldn't be. I said, Colin O'Rourke a lot better able to look after himself than I was. But, you know, you couldn't, you didn't take a step back anyway. You, you know, you had to, you had, they were testing to see where where you were at. And, and uh, you had to let them know very quick that you were, you were well able to take that and they gave you. Yeah, a lot of them me players were well able to look after themselves or East. You are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> Next question. Uh, hardest thing about making it to the top? Um, hardest thing about making it to the top? That's a good question. Um, I suppose, yeah, you have to have belief in yourself. Um, 
even though that can be really difficult, you know, maybe when others are doubting you, you have to be able to to, to have that belief um, and, and, and stick with it is the big thing. I think nowadays it's, you know, everybody has an opinion now, right or wrong, and the platform is there for everyone to have an opinion. And I would say that part of it, you know, it was probably only coming into prominence my latter years, you know, where the, the Twitters and the Facebooks and, and all these things, you know, everybody, anyone can say whatever they want about you now. And that can be tough because, you know, you're out there doing your best. There's, there's just days, regardless, no matter how hard you try, things go against you. And I've had the most stinking games. Like, it's times that you just wanted to, you know, just run out of Crow Park and, and go home and get into bed. And that's been very honest. Um, just nothing went right for you. But the big thing, and it was always in my ear, my dad's advice, always be there. Keep going and put your hand up and, you you know, take the blame. Put your hand up and say, you know what, lad, I was shy, but I'll be here Tuesday night and I'll go again. And if the manager thinks I'm worthy of an opportunity, I'll give him my all. And if he doesn't, it's up to me to convince him that I'm, I'm good enough to be there. And, and that comes, for me, and everybody's different, that came from hard work, that came from being first to training, to, to being up at the top in the runs, to being a positive influence to the people around you, um, and to be to be last leaving the field. That that that's the way that's the way I did it. Um, but it's not and like when you look at back at it, it's you know, it's not easy. <laughs> and you know, the, yes, the technical skills, but a lot of technically good pro- footballers don't want to make that lifestyle choice and 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 that's fine i i would be i would be saying you know it's not for everybody um but certainly for for all the hard work that it is that one that five minutes at the end of a game when, when things go well or you know there's a big crowd in newbridge and you win a league game in april or or you, you have a great championship win down in port leash that makes it all worthwhile you know so it, it's not easy to don't doubt yourself Stay there, stay plugging away, and, and your chance will come. That's that's the best advice I could give to anybody. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next question here: Who's the best young player you've worked with? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I've, I've, you know, obviously I've, I would have had a lot of, um, a lot of lads in Kildare would have worked with uh, good club lads. Um, so I'm not going to name anyone from Kildare. I spoke about you know a lot of those lads. Um, two two lads that come to mind um, would be and we've he played for Donegal this year. Niall O'Donnell out Donegal, um, a really really and I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. He is one of the best young fellas I've ever been lucky enough to be involved with in Manute. Um, just has has it all: vision, brains. He's so he's so strong. Um, he's very very skillful he's a brilliant free taker um, he's, he's one lad that springs to mind uh, and, and I know he's a lot of lads would know him the other guy is probably not less wouldn't be known as well um, and it's Ryan O'Rourke out of um, Leitrim you know he's just such balance um, he's, he's um, great bit of pace great vision um, and you know, I've often been <laughs> looking at him on, on the line, and it could be a tight match, and you'd be 
screaming at him, you know, take a point, take a point. The next thing he just rolled by the keeper. Uh, just great eye for goal and an unbelievably committed player, you know, would have would have came, you know, we would have trained over Christmas and um, you know, I'd be conscious of players trying to get, you know, if they were in having to travel back to Manute or whatever the case would be, and you know, especially around that time with weather and stuff. But I remember getting getting the bus and we were humming and hawing about about whether we'd hold train it was it was a bit of snow, but it wasn't too bad. And then eventually got snow that heavy. Um and I remember ringing Ryan and he was on the bus um on the way down to train. You know, he just his commitment level was was, was brilliant and uh, yeah, great guy. I'm very, very good lad to be involved with. But they're they're probably two outside yeah yeah definitely Niall O'Donnell outstanding player and I had Ryan O'Rourke in the last episode of the podcast as well such a humble guy as you say and oh, brilliant, brilliant player guy. brilliant player yeah really good uh, final question from the followers here could Kildare have won the All-Ireland in 2010 if Dermot Early stayed fit <laughs> um, look who knows I definitely think uh, if we'd the 09 Dermot in 010 around that time where 09 was he he won an all-star and he was incredible. It's a he'd even say himself which was he was in unbelievable shape. He was um he was playing phenomenal football. It would have been certainly a, a massive help um around 2010. But look it's very hard to say there's so many different factors coming in. Um I th- I think we were capable of winning it without him, to be very honest. Um but certainly he would have been a massive plus. Um, you know, and it's funny you'd often hear people saying, Oh, if you'd, you know, if, you, if you'd won, you should have won against Down and, and you would have beaten Cork or you would have won the All Ireland. You're thinking <laughs> Cork would have had a good bit to say about that. You know, every game takes life of its own, you know, so who knows? But certainly, anytime we had done in our team, we were a better team. So, that goes some way to answer the question whether we would have won or not we never know Absolutely and that year in general was so unpredictable like your loss to Lowe's and Cork even weren't at their best I know I'm a Cork fan myself but we weren't at our best that year and we won the All-Ireland out of luck really but I suppose previous years Cork were going towards that All-Ireland uh, I suppose we'll leave it there Johnny thank you so much for joining and I wish you the best of luck for the future Matt, it was lovely to talk to you and thanks very much for having me on. I'd like to thank Johnny Doyle for having the time to sit down and chat to me about his illustrious career. And it's worth pointing out, Johnny's actually the fourth highest championship scorer in history, only behind Mikey Sheehy, Colin Cooper and Killian O'Connor of Mayo. Such a brilliant servant for Kildare GA. And even the fact he played junior in 2019 shows his commitment for the county of Kildare. As a Kildare now... Will they win the Leinster Championship soon? Maybe, seeing as all the youngsters are coming through 2018. But then again, it is hard to look past Dublin, the way things are going at the moment. And we don't know when it's going to stop. And hopefully Kildare will be back where they belong next year. Because we need as much teams as possible back at the top. Anyways, great for Johnny to sit down and chat to me. And I wish him all the best for the future. So that brings a close to yet another episode of the GAS Statsman podcast. I'd like to thank you all very much for listening to me once again today. And I hope you all stay safe. Until the next episode, I'll see you then and take care.